This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com, a CBS sports podcast. I am Mike Casaza. Welcoming in Chris Anderson. We're going to talk about a basketball weekend with a twist here, Chris. Um, big, big. The well, heck, it's a big game. Never mind the big opponent, but it's a big game for West Virginia. 0-2 in the Big 12. Welcoming third-ranked Kansas. And the whistle. Leave it at that. But... Secondary to that, the big transfer visit weekend here. Um, students kind of rolling back into campus. The semester starts next week. Big home basketball game, 6 p.m. start. So you can kind of get people into the game for the first half and go to dinner. It just kind of works out. And as you mentioned, transfer portal recruiting, that might be the priority for a lot of programs. And if you look at West Virginia, the roster and the work yet to be done, certainly true. And the indications are this may not be a splash weekend. Maybe we're wrong. I'm not sure. But smoke, fire, right? Not a lot of smoke. Where's the fire? We'll see. But maybe everything is just being hidden very well, too. That could be good. As we roll into this weekend, Chris, with people rolling into town, what, as soon as today, right? What is at stake? What's on the table? Who's in town? And what are the Mountaineers staying to gain or not gain? Yeah, to clarify, this this could be a big weekend. And the only way it is a big weekend is by transfers. This weekend from the 4th through the 8th, um technically the fourth through the eighth are for visits by transfers only not high school recruits so you will not see high school recruits visiting campus just transfers um and yeah well we're recording this on the fifth thursday you will likely see some recruits some of these transfer recruits uh showing up this evening, um, most of these visits are going to be Friday to Sunday as your, your typical official visit weekend. But as we've seen, this started like a couple years ago. Um, there was a, a slight tweak to the rules, which now allows players, recruiting, recruits, transfers, whatever, whoever's coming in on an official visit to come in on Thursday night and have their room, their, you know, their hotel room paid for and everything and have their welcoming committee, all that stuff, as long as a coach or a staff, uh, I believe it's just coaches, maybe like a staffer can greet them and welcome in it, help them get checked in or something. But it's whatever it is, it's very minimal, if at all, to let them show up on Thursday night so that they can get their visit started on Friday first thing in the morning. You know, it used to be that guys would have to do the traveling on Friday and then they weren't getting there until the afternoon or the evening. And then 
they're missing half a day. So there was a, a slight tweak into the timeline there. And now West Virginia typically welcomes recruits on Thursday night for a long weekend visit. Okay. Does the basketball game matter at all? Especially the only there for a half. Not really. I mean, as long as you get in there, you get a little bit of a vibe in that first half, which pretty much regardless of the outcome, you're going to get a good vibe. You're going to get a good crowd, um, some excitement for the first half. Um, so, yeah, the, the end result isn't going to matter that much. But, yeah, you kind of just want to, hey, look, look how supportive our fans are kind of thing. Um, and, and with it being a sellout, <clears throat> that, that should be pretty good first half and, and a pretty good sign for a pretty good showing for those visitors. Yeah, I was wondering maybe that should be like a two o'clock start. It's an ESPN plus game, which means that West Virginia can schedule the start time. Um, would you rather have fans there for the, the students? Excuse me. Would you rather have the visitors there for the second half where it might be a win and a court storming? But it might also be like people streaming through the aisles, going to the parking lot with like six minutes left, too. So, yeah, get them in there early first half of the game. Ideally, Chris. I don't know, one of the under four minute timeouts in the first half, under 16, under 12, under eight, whatever. Someone rolls out into the corner of the um, the basketball court with a microphone and says, hey, uh, we want to welcome in our new offensive coordinator. Give it up for fill in the blank. Um, Wait, I don't did know this if that's just turn into a did, did this just turn into a hot board podcast? Mike? No, 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 no. <laughs> um, I, listen, I don't want to be anti-hot board, but this has just been a compulsive in my head for a while. I don't want to go on the hot board thing. I understand people are sensitive about that, but just can't accommodate make stuff up right now on this one. Anyhow, ideally, I think this would have been announced some number of days ago or maybe, you know, tonight, Friday, whatever, and that they can introduce the person. And then, yeah, the crowd likes it, too. But more importantly, you can answer a question with your visitors, whether or not the person is introduced to the basketball game. That's kind of ir- irrelevant here. But, hey, um. I'm a receiver from some school. I'm looking to get mine. I, I don't know. I'm a I'm an offensive lineman from another school. I'm looking to get mine. Who's in charge here? Can you introduce him to me? Can you give me his email address, his cell phone number? Well, I'm not going to get the cell phone number out. I know that. But is this a negative or is this a, a dark cloud, provided there isn't a resolution between now and then, or there isn't some silent commit from an assistant coach? Uh, it's an interesting time. I don't, I don't know how they navigate that specific thing with offensive coordinator because offensive coordinator is, you know, so vital. I, I mean, obviously all these positions are, but even going back to the December visits, the early December visits before the start of the dead period, um, this was part of the reason, you know, we had the scoop on Tony Washington leaving was I found out that Tony Washington was not meeting with any of the wide receiver transfers that were coming to town which is a huge you know not a red flag but a hello pay attention to this and and he was meeting with graduate assistant dom young now each position more or less i I think it kind of works out one-to-one um has a graduate assistant that is helping that is you know they can call themselves the assistant wide receivers coach or the assistant offensive line coach um you know, West Virginia has those guys at most of these positions, almost all of them, I think. I'm trying to think of it off the top of my head here. But there is no graduate assistant offensive coordinator. There is no, you know, graduate assistant defensive coordinator. Um, those spots don't exist. So 
what you end up doing is having to really try to focus on your position coach. So if it is a wide receiver, even without an offensive coordinator, they're going to be spending a lot of time with Malal Marshall. Um, they're going to be spending time with Dom Young, the graduate assistant there. So I don't know how you navigate the, hey, we don't actually know what kind of offense we're going to run next year. We don't know who is calling plays. We don't know who is going to be in charge. That's going to be a tough sell, I think. Um, and, yeah, I think you're going to have to just kind of turn around and, and, and fall back on, hey, we need people who can play, period. doesn't matter the offense. Just needs you on the field. I'm thinking here in my head that the coordinator is going to be either the tight ends coach or the quarterbacks coach. And that provided that Sean Reagan comes back, and I'm, I'm assuming for the moment, just for the purpose of conversation and the puzzle pieces that we have in front of us, that that is the case. Matt Moore, Chad Scott, Sean Reagan all come back. But Chad Scott not going anywhere unless he wants to. Matt Moore probably not going anywhere unless he wants to. Reagan, I mean, I don't know. I can't, I'm, why wouldn't I put him in the same the same pile right now too? So anyways, because Marshall is not, he's not coordinator material yet. And he's a receivers coach. Scott is a running backs coach more as an offensive line coach. Reagan's flexible. He can be a quarterback's coach, especially with these quarterbacks. And he can coach tight ends because he has before the two tight end, the, those two positions, Chris, they're really not going to be hitting in the portal weekend. Correct. Like they have their quarterbacks. They're pretty adamant about that. And they already have a tight end. I don't think they're going to be adding too much more to that room unless there's just a can't miss. In which case that person would probably be committing to who is in place or has been in place. I doubt very much an offensive coordinator is going to tilt the needle there. I'm not being apologetic here, but like perhaps there's a world in which it's not that big of a deal because receivers coach, he's here. You're going to be playing in an offense that's going to look like blank. Neil Brown can explain that. And Neil Brown may be the coordinator too, for all we know, whether title or role, we'll see. But maybe this is just a sports writer thing where because we think it should look a certain way and it doesn't look that way. I hate to say it, Chris. Maybe we're not right. Maybe it's not that big of a deal. I disagree. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm, kidding, right? no, no, no. I'm with you. Cause I think if, if you ask me to pick the positions where West Virginia is not recruiting in the transfer portal, um, they, Neil Brown came right out and said they are riding with the quarterbacks they got. So cross quarterback off, uh, cross running back off. I mean, unless something drastically changes, that room is loaded. Uh, that is probably the room you feel best about right now. Would you, would you <clears throat> take a running back right now? Like, no, I wouldn't. If that dude from Ball State was like, "Hey, Neil, I want to play for you," I, I don't, I don't know that I'd have room for him or no, want to for him. I wouldn't either. I'd say I appreciate the interest, but no thanks. Can you play corner? No. Okay. Um, and then with the addition of Cole Taylor from LSU, tight end might be done. Uh, you know, again, they're not. That's not a position where they're going to be rolling out three, four guys. So. With Taylor, you throw him in with Traylon Davis, and then you hope that the guys that you already have on the roster or are joining from this class can fill in behind those two guys. So I think quarterback, running back, tight end are done uh, completely. And Mike linebacker, you, you know, eh, it's on the edge of being done. I think, you know, unless whatever happens behind Koba or if you think you're going to move Koba, whatever that is, Maybe Mike is like the fourth one that might be done as well. So, yeah, quarterback, running back, tight end, you're done. You don't have to worry about those kind of things. They'll take an offensive lineman. They'll certainly take receivers. I again, I, I would be I'd be kicking the tires a little bit about tight end just because you have Taylor, you have Davis, Wickstrom, who's never really played. 
if you're going to run the ball, you're going to need three, and you're banking on Wixner to play and stay healthy. Am I missing anybody else here? I don't think the true freshmen are going to be Will Dixon to play. Are, are we there already? I, th- I think that if you ask me who's the third the third tight end, I'd be leaning towards Will Dixon okay. in part be- in part because of what you just said about Wickstrom. We just what is this year three? And I has he been mentioned? Like, I mean, I'm not trying to dog the guy. I, I I'm not at practice. I don't see him working, but. Have we heard the coaching staff be like, hey, man, this guy is close. This guy is almost ready. Mm-hmm. Like, I I just haven't. Yeah, that's how I was going to get into that. They really like Dixon. I was considering him a freshman this year because he was pretty much a freshman. He was kind of out of sight, out of mind last year. But, yeah, um, I was wondering if that would be the guy there. So that's fine. If that's your plan, go for it. I have no problem with recruiting to a plan and following the plan, especially when you're talking about your third-string tight end and when you have a finite number of positions. I don't know that you can afford to course correct on the depth chart at tight end. So no offense to that guy or those positions there, but that's just the way I think this works. And they have greater needs, which leads me to this, Chris. You laid out who they have, where they will not be adding their positions of strength. Conversely, who don't they have? Where will they be adding? What are their positions of, uh, let's just say weakness. I was going to say positions of not strength, but obviously there are some weak spots on this roster here, whether it comes from the top of the depth chart, middle part, bottom, we'll see who they can supplement from the roster and maybe from outside right now but it appears that it begins in the defensive backfield and then you have maybe some luxury spins on the lines i don't know linebacker you mentioned are we gonna get a kicker or a punter i guess not a punter but like are we gonna get a kicker in the portal here where do they where do they go what are you hearing and and maybe more specific to this weekend what are names and positions to keep an eye on whether they're on campus or they're they're out of sight, but they're certainly on West Virginia's mind. All right, let's start with the numbers here. Overall numbers. Neil Brown threw out the number of eight to twelve transfers, which again you have unlimited counters. Uh, you you can add unlimited amount of players up to the point of eighty five total scholarships. Our current tracker says West Virginia is on pace for seventy nine scholarship players. That seventy nine includes. The current class, it includes two high school commits who are committed but not yet signed. So keep that in mind. Those two are kind of, you know, on the edge. Um, And then three verbal commitments from transfers in Ja'Shawn Polk, the wide receiver, Cole Taylor, the tight end, and Montre Miller, the cornerback. That gets you to 79. So add six more. Again, you add the six, that's nine transfers. That fits into the eight to 12 that Neil Brown was talking about. Even if you lose those two high school commits, um, that's 11 transfers. Because my understanding and the way it was phrased to me is that basically every person out, whether it's a high school commit, you know, not signing or a, somebody from the program leaving by a transfer portal, every person out is one more person back in by a transfer. So yeah, you're gonna that eight to twelve sounds about right right now, um, and, and that it's gonna be spread out kind of everywhere. Um, you got three right now in Polk, Taylor, and Miller that I just mentioned. Uh, let's start with Polk in the wide receiver room because that might be it's either one A or one B for the biggest need, and, and I'll hear your arguments otherwise, but. Um, Poke is he is a return specialist commitment that can fill in as your third or fourth receiver. 
And as long as everyone realizes that, and I believe the coaching staff realizes that, and they are recruiting as if they realize that, then that's great because you just got one of the best return men in the country and a guy who can fill in at depth at wide receiver. He will not be your wide receiver one. I am not expecting that. I don't think WVU is expecting that. And that's why I think you're seeing still a hard push at wide receiver, several new offers going out, a couple visitors. One already came to town in Nick Martiner, um from Cincinnati. That's a guy that I would keep a close eye on. Um, but they are far from done at that position, I would say. Be hard to miss Nick Martiner. Yeah. Keep an eye do. on that guy. He's what, 6'6"? Six, six? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the way it was phrased to me was, Think, uh, think George Campbell, uh, the former five-star recruit who went to Florida State, was injured, didn't do too much, came to West Virginia and was a six-foot-six, six-foot-five, whatever he was, kind of, but was still fast and was your deep threat. Uh, you know, he didn't get maybe as much uh, uh, attention, let's say, as he probably should have. Uh, and that's not revisionist history. I believe we were saying that as the season was going on because he was – every time he – was throwing the ball. It was a 20 plus yard catch. Um, but that's how they view Mardner as kind of a Campbell type, which would be a nice addition, I would think. Alpha outside need. Would he be the guy? We'll see. But certainly has the, I don't know, the the specs. You know, if you're a tall guy and you could run, but what has he done in the field? Not too much. Bounced around a little bit too, right? He was at Hawaii first. Yeah, I was at Hawaii. Had a had a had a great year at Hawaii, I believe just a couple seasons ago. And then didn't quite – I don't want to say didn't fit in at Cincinnati, but didn't have the the production at Cincinnati that he had at Hawaii. I've talked to a couple of players who – well, one's a coach, one's a player who spent time in Hawaii, and they're like, it's it's like another another sport, right? It's like if Japanese players came over and they played in the major leagues, you just feel totally out of sorts because you're so separated. So I, I do not begrudge anybody for, one, thinking about going to Hawaii because why not to play college football there? But also, man, if you feel separated – and like you're not part of the establishment in college football and you want to get in the middle of it. Um, yeah, probably want to make a move sometime and nothing wrong with that. I mean, I could think of worse things than starting your college career in Hawaii and then grabbing the bag later on. So um, perhaps it's a conversation Martiner and I get to have sometime in the future. We'll see. Probably not one way or the other, but we'll see. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, on the topic of silent transfers, on a scale of one to ten, Chris, how insane does this drive you? Uh, solid fifteen, right? Yeah, it, it's always been. I never understood silent commitments, uh, and then when you get into silent transfer commitments, I mean, I 
They've it's had weird. enough of the recruiting process already. I, I don't that doesn't surprise me as much. A high school kid, I'm always surprised by that. A guy who's been through it before and he just wants to commit. Here, here's a transfer who wants to commit, go home, do Christmas, and show up in the beginning of the semester with a small Twitter announcement. There's they're few and far between, but they do exist. I I can wrap my head around that. Doesn't make life easy for you though. Uh, yeah, and and the other part is it's these conversations are so weird and and that they have with the coaching staff and, and not not a specific to West Virginia. This is everywhere. Um, we talked about it with a high school uh, commit from this past class who ended up decommitting and Jordan Louie. Like he wanted to go public with his commitment, and West Virginia's like, we're not accepting your commitment if you're still taking visits. And like, well, I want to commit, but I'm still taking visits. And it's like, well, then you're not committed, and we're not taking it. And he still just kind of went public with it. And I think with some of these transfers, it's kind of the opposite or kind of a, hey, I want to come here, but let me take one more visit. Or I want to come here, but let me talk it over with my family over Christmas break. Um, and that that's when it comes up to, do you consider that a commitment? Do you consider that guy part of your class? And I think the coaching staff, as most coaching staffs do, tiptoe around that and kind of yeah let's kind of maybe pencil them in but certainly have some backup plans ready because it, it it's a fickle fickle place i mean high school high school players are fickle they were fickle before nil they're even more fickle now and these transfers as we've heard the stories across all the sports the transfer recruiting i mean the nil part it's just almost like a business acquisition it's just, let's talk business. Am I going to play and how much am I getting paid? Period. End of story. Like, I don't, I don't care about the crowd. I don't care about, you know, the community. I don't care about the football facilities. It's, am I going to play and will I get paid? Uh, talking, you know, more specifically about the one-year guys. And that's, that makes it different than basically all other recruiting. Posted something yesterday. It was um, a Josh Pate video about pr- pretty much how about the the transfer of power, so to speak, where players saying, "What can you give me to come to your school?" In time, as as schools realize that man, they can really form their own collectives when it comes to group licensing and other ways to have income and mass distribute money. Um, they're going to have brand value, and a player is going to say, "Well, actually, this school can give me more." because of the brand value, not my value to them. It was an interesting point he made. It's it's a separate point from this, but included in that was something I wrote was a, a comment from Brown on transfer portal and the NIL deal. And he said the high school recruits, yeah, it's part of it, but you know, your proximity to home academics, you know, your major, what type of support do you have when it comes to nutrition, strength and conditioning, so on and so forth. Things that are kind of holistic when it comes to that high school recruiting experience. Well, again, the transfers, they've already had that, and they know what to look for, and they don't have to ask them any questions. And, and Brown said that NIL is factor one and two when it comes to that, which I found to be very interesting, which makes this a big weekend for Country Roads Trust. We'll see what they can do because they're going to have to align themselves, I'm sure, with some of these players to make it go. But um, on the field, though, Chris, where does it – Where does it? We, we talk about offense, it makes sense, but defense, number of spots, playing time available, but – I don't know if they have enough spots to cover their their wants and needs in the defensive backfield. So you could be looking for defensive backs who may play one or the other. Maybe you're looking for a lot more safeties than I think, but they have a couple of safety spots that could use addressing. Maybe they're just ready to go with some young guys and, and let the Andrew Wilson lamps 
and uh, you know i'm trying to think like who else is out there like raleigh collins and people like that maybe they're just they're kind of willing to go on those experiments but they also have some portal people who line up with those positions i just mentioned too uh how does this work and and you know how do they spin the top here and figure out that they get the right people in the right spots covered yeah because they got they got a lot that they might want to use and Right now, the only defensive transfer commit is Montre Miller, a very good cornerback. I think, you know, this is one that I really liked. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I really liked and that a lot of our guys at 24-7 Sports were like they they gave him a four-star transfer rating. Um, he has proven to be a commodity, a cornerback um, at Kent State. Where do you go after that? I think you're still hitting the defensive backfield. I think that's the most important spot. Uh, one of the visitors that we know of for this weekend is Buffalo transfer Keyshawn Cobb. He tells me that West Virginia is recruiting him as a spear. Um, that's that. I mean, he's going to fill in right there. Makes me wonder what the, you, you just mentioned, Raleigh Collins. Maybe they're moving him back to Will because Will might be a position of need right now. Um, you know, X Low is gone. He has graduated. Lance Dixon, I, I I wrote it down somewhere. I think he played like 35 snaps in the second half of the season. In the entire second half of the season, it was something like 35 snaps. So I don't know if you're relying on him to be your starter at that position next year. Um, they have actively recruited Will linebackers, Amari Gaynor from Florida State being one of them. Um so I wonder if Raleigh Collins might move back there, especially if they're targeting Spears. And speaking of Cobb, the Spear, visiting West Virginia this weekend, no other visits lined up, plans to enroll at the school of his choice next week. Formality, right? I am, like wink, I am winking through the microphone, Michael. Can you see it? I can feel it. Eyelashes on the mic. I can feel it. This one kind of feels like, yeah, you're right, wink, nudge, and – let me go to the bookstore after the game. One of those things to try to get my stuff. Uh, that one wouldn't surprise me. It looks like he's a good player too. He's played downhill a bunch and close to the line of scrimmage. That could be the spear. I think you're right about Collins too. I'm pretty sure that they had him um, where they had him in camp was in a position that would just give him experience because they, he was going to get more snaps at spear in practice. And he was at will just because the way that the physicality and, and also like he wasn't going to be in front of Dixon and, and low. So what the heck let him play spear and also that spear and will overlaps a little bit and how they want to do things if you can get a guy who can cover both that makes sense i think that's probably an experiment that they they accelerate a little bit in the spring because he's a talent they put him out in the field this year and they were really careful to preserve his red shirt maybe because they didn't want to squander a year at position that is not his future too so that makes sense too um finally chris of course i have to go to specialists i don't know who's kicking neil was very uh aggressive in his promotion of Danny King who has just had a hard time staying healthy but has a big leg people who saw him in high school people who've seen him at WVU say that he can really boom the ball so maybe that's the solution they have some other options we'll see I don't know if Colton McGee goes back to place kicking I don't know if it's going to be King there are options there are possibilities but did okay with Parker Grothaus last year as a kickoff specialist my point being there they were willing to devote a scholarship just to kickoffs and a guy who could maybe compete for kicking no Casey Leg. He's decided to move on. Question marks after that. Have you heard anything about how they're going to handle this apart from in-house? And why? Why would they try to promote somebody here when they do have kind of a history of recently of going out and saying, hey, we'll give you a shot? I think they will. Um, Neil Brown said maybe 
you know, during his uh, press conference um, on signing day. He said they'll think about it. They'll look into it. And there is one name that I want you to keep an eye on. And his name is Michael Hayes from Georgia State. Uh, he entered the transfer portal last week, was a place kicker for the Panthers. Um, you know, only one year. So it's not like he has a long history of, <clears throat> uh, you know, place kicking in college, but 11 of 14 on field goals, 41 of 42 on extra points. Uh, also a punter. I don't think West Virginia needs a punter. I think they are very comfortable with Ollie Straw, who just finished his freshman season, but he is a guy that can kind of bring it off. Maybe he can also do kickoffs for you too, if he can boot it like that, if he has a leg that can punt and kick. So keep an eye on him because uh, I, I, I'm with you. I think they're going to, assuming they still have that, you know, little extra scholarship, they don't find any glaring needs elsewhere. I think they're going to circle back around and say, hey, let's use that 84th or 85th scholarship on a kicker again. And as I said, when they signed Grothaus, I don't hate it. I mean, if you if you are down to your last scholarship, you know, that final one, I would rather you use it on somebody who could contribute in some way right away than, you know, a fourth string defensive lineman. So I'm with it if they go and use that that last scholarship on a kicker, if they don't feel comfortable with Danny King, who, again, I've heard nothing but good things about Danny King, so maybe they decide to go with him. But I just feel like with Neil's comments and some of the things I'm hearing, they might sample the specialist transfer pool. I wonder if – trying to think out loud here. Yeah, I guess so. What if Hayes is friends with Jamari Thrash? One of the best receivers in the Sun Belt from Georgia State into the portal. Little package deal. Maybe they're roommates. Maybe they carpool. Maybe, Maybe they carpool. Maybe not. You know how we could solve these problems, Chris? What if Neil Brown started an account on our message board, introduced himself as Neil Brown, and said, I'll be taking your questions? Because evidently, that's what Jim McElwain did <laughs> at our Central Michigan site. Have you seen this? No. That's fantastic. Yeah. So he opened an account and was defending the program. Do you know what his screen name was? Tell me. It was like Coach. No, no. Jim McElwain. <laughs> and he just came out and said, this is Jim McElwain, and people aren't happy there. They were four and eight. And, like, Central Michigan's had – if you look at it, they've had good coaches through the years. And he's he's not a bad coach. I mean, certainly a name. Um, Brian Kelly, uh, Butch Jones. I mean, they, they've had coaches through a number of years. So – People do take that seriously, and I guess that he was kind of feeling feeling the heat a little bit. So he opens an account under the screen name of Jim McElwain, and like people are like, is this real? So some of, I guess, the Chris Anderson of the Chippewas Insider site sent a message to their their sports information person and said, "Hey, what's up? You know, somebody posing as Jim McElwain." And the SID said, "If I had to guess, that's probably him." <laughs> so not, that's not a denial, I guess. So evidently, the it's possible. My point being, precedent is set. Neil, you're welcome. Uh, also like kind of like eternally grateful to Neil because remember we did that Q and a with us on our site. This is fantastic. I can't believe I didn't know about this already. Yeah. Neil did a Q and a with our site, like peak pandemic. Um, oh, was like, well I knew about that. I'm talking about the Jim McElroy thing. I oh, I know that. that. I figured you were kind of like multitasking here, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did that before. So we do have a precedent, but we look, I checked nobody on our board is named Neil Brown. So if Neil Brown wants to be Neil Brown or if any other, like if they're, um, if they're a scouting person wants to have an account, like I checked, I'm not going to say that person's name, but that person's name is, is 
not taken. So look, it's there. We can we can facilitate this and make it happen. And we can disperse all the nonsense and all the questions and all the mystery. And we can get the fact-finding mission uh, to completion here. Just thinking out loud here. What do you think? I love it. I But here's the problem. This is like uh, one of those TV shows or radio shows where now that we've mentioned it on the air, we have to go and like purchase the domain name or purchase the phone number so that it's legitimate. Uh, so now, now I got to go like create a Neil Brown username and, and lock it down for him with a fake email address just, just to save it for him. Okay. So we can preserve it. We can get, we can sell him the IP. We can sell him the IP. There you go. I, I tell him I'll give him a good deal if he wants to hop on. All right. Listen, someone there is listening. Please pass this along to him. Just put the earbuds in for the final five minutes of the podcast. He'll enjoy it. I'm sure the first up before it, he probably doesn't want to hear it. Right. He keeps us out of the social media and the digital media. So I get that sometimes bad idea. Eh, maybe, maybe not here. That's up to them. But listen, advisors, advise them. We have the welcome wagon, the red carpet ready to go. We're here to help. And I'm all about it. And we're back on track of basketball. Bob Huggins players tomorrow morning. That would be Friday. 6 p.m. game against Kansas. Quickly, Chris. Thoughts on the Big 12 as a basketball conference. It's going to be tough all Bonkers. year long. It's going to be Bonkers. ridiculous. Ed- Bonkers. I got what? I got one minute here, real quick. Sure. One more, one more minute on transfer stuff. Okay. Keep an eye on guys like Jordan Anderson from Bowling Green, Jordan Young from Florida, Thomas Harper from Oklahoma State. All guys <clears throat> who got offers and are talking about visits, but don't wish to say where they're going. Uh, West Virginia in contention for visits from all of them. Uh, something else. Guys are entering the portal every single day. It's changing. It's evolving. Uh, just yesterday, there were about. 15, 20 uh, FBS players entering the portal. West Virginia offered multiple of them, including uh, safety from Liberty, Robert Rahimi. Um, and he's picking up offers all over the place. He's talking about visiting West Virginia. Uh, Stefan Johnson Jr., uh, you know, he, I don't think he's going to be on West Virginia's radar, but he's another one, again, like a standout freshman at Oklahoma State in the portal, available, three years of eligibility. That's going to continue over the next few days. I still think it's, I think the biggest wave was obviously last month, but I still think there's guys that are going to leak in there that West Virginia is going to kind of try to pounce on. So, yeah. And the people who acted fast, when I say people, I mean the schools that acted fast and the players who acted fast, there's a wave of quality players who are going to have fewer landing spots in the destinations like West Virginia that do have room. And especially they come out of this weekend with like some openings. Not, it's not necessarily a negative thing. And I think you're going to see them probably pocket a few because not just after spring, Chris, but even before the spring. Like, what if guys do pop open and can get in? Like, maybe they can't be on campus for spring football. Maybe they could pull a growth house and take some online classes and make it work. So you're right. We would think in some regard this is a conclusion. Probably not. Soft deadline. We'll see how it goes. Anyways, we'll have this covered. I'll have my binoculars. Be sending you screenshots and, and tips about who I see and what they look like. I'll also be covering the game. We got it all surrounded. Anything else, Chris? That's it. Let's wrap it up then. Until next time, I'm Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you then.